Today we have part two of Agent X, choosing the right agent. Agent X has over 25 years of experience in the real estate industry with a diverse involvement from different agent franchises to different suburbs. Agent X has seen it all. He will continue today with some insights into how to choose the right agent. Welcome to Real Estate Right, where we talk to top experts on how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your hosts are Grant Kennedy and Sue Langida. Now we've got a listener question here. Carly from Spotswood wants to know how many agents should she interview before she decides to who to go with? Great question, Carly. Um, sometimes we can baffle ourselves with our own uh, BS. Yeah. Um, and it's a really daunting process as it is. So let's simplify it. I would say three. Yeah. I would I would certainly get the top two in the area and then probably a medium uh, ranked agent to come in. Yeah. And the reason being is the medium ranked agent not being at the top of the tree, you would hope is going to work a lot harder. Yeah. Um, I think I think any reasonable assessment can be done through three different agents. It'll give you a basis of comparison. The one thing I would say to Carly is when you go through the interview process, interview, don't make decisions. Yeah. And, and Monday, yeah, it is an interview. You be in control, not the agent. Is that what you're saying? hundred percent. hundred percent. You are there. And um, once, once they smell blood in the water, they'll be circling. So they won't leave you alone. Mm. And that, that's okay. They they will they will call you. They will come. They will send people. They will do all of this thing off their own volition. That you don't have to worry about that. Yes. You need to set the tone, Carly, for when you interview them. As I say, I've got two coming on Monday, one on Tuesday. I'll make a decision by the end of the week. Give yourself some time. Yeah. If it was your business and you're interviewing for a position. Very rarely do you sit with someone and say across the table, you're perfect for the job when you can start. Yeah. It doesn't happen. No. It just doesn't happen, right? So we're going to go through all of these. And I would also say that when you put it back on the agent, when you submit, when I get your submission, please make it or please understand that I want your best prices because I'll be making a decision off those. Mm. Uh, not it will be a chance for you to come back and renegotiate your commission structure with me. Yeah. I want a submission, I want a proper proposal, and yeah. I will let you know at the end of the week who's got the job. Yeah. And what that also shows you or shows the agent is that you're not going to be fooled with when it comes to offers coming your way. No, you want buyers to give their best offer, not, oh, look, I'll give you 600 but, you know, I've actually got 650 to play with. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. If the agents give you that respect, you know, and you put your – right figures up front, then they know that's what your expectation would be for when buyers come. Yes, 100%. I I think you're setting the tone that, uh, yes, you're not dealing with someone that has no business sense or, and it doesn't matter what you do for a job. Yeah. I I don't care whether you work in retail or if you're a brain surgeon. Yeah. Um, Your first, there's there's an old saying, there are no no second chances at, at first impressions. Yes. You never get a second chance of the first impression. Yeah. So when you go in, it is a business meeting. Yes. 
it is a business meeting and you're going to sit them down and you're going to be in control. We even used to talk about where you would sit in a meeting to control the meeting. Mm. That's part of the training, isn't it? Part of the training (laughs) and you want to be at the top of the dining table with one either side of you. Yeah. Right, because that is the position of power. As yeah. as a dad, when we have, as in, in our family at least, yeah. I sit at the top of the table. Yeah, because that's my position. So mm. there's a lot of psychology behind what they do and how they do it. Some some people will go in and actually talk business before looking at the house. Some people will look at the house and gush and, yeah. and draw all over the house and it's beautiful and oh, it's amazing and I've got a hundred. Bu- Everyone's got a hundred buyers, guys. I will yeah. say that for your podcast. No agent has got more buyers than another agent. Yeah. It's impossible because today everything goes on the internet. Yeah. So it doesn't matter about that. They'll say in our database, we have got this many big deal. Why have you got that many would be my question. And why haven't you sold them houses? Yeah, definitely. Right. Right. What good good is a thousand buyers? A good agent would have sold a thousand houses. Yeah. So don't get caught in that sort of stuff with them. Um, It's to be on guard and you set the principle. No, Mr. Agent, you're gonna you sit there. Yeah. And I'll sit here and don't, you know, I, I would say respectfully, don't offer them tea or coffee. They're not there as your friends. Yeah. I don't have enough time to have a coffee with, with the people I want to have a coffee with, mm. let alone someone coming to my house to interview for a position. Yeah. There's a glass of water, let's get down to business. Really, I used to tell how well a meeting like that was going by the amount of time I was there. And yeah. I would sit there for two and a half, three hours. If you needed to. If I needed to. Yeah. And the longer I was there, the more I was wearing them down. And nine times out of 10, I would walk out with the listing. Yeah. So in saying that, if that agent pressures you to sign on the dotted line on that first meeting, what should you be thinking? Okay. Uh, really good question. I, I think I would take that that he's got a bit of he. I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't say he. He or she has at least got the gumption mm. or the balls, or uh, and the kudos is that they're willing to ask for the business. Mm. Right. So that's what I want with a purchaser. I want someone to be able to say, "Okay, your offer's at five hundred. No, we, we need to be talking five fifty and have that again. That gumption, that yeah. uh, intellect, that respect, that that drive, that determination to ask for more. Mm. Don't sign it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just, it's nice to hear, but better yeah. take that on board and that's a tick in your box, in one yeah. of your boxes. That's great. Um, no, I've explained to you, again, we come back to the start of the podcast where I said, explain the process. Yeah. This is, this is my process. This is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be interviewing three agents. May yeah. I ask who they are? No, you may not ask who they are. Well, yeah. yes, certainly you can ask who they are. I'm not telling you. Yeah. I need your proposals back by Wednesday because I'll be making a decision on Friday. Now, while we're on the same subject, tell me your process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So remember the balance of power yeah. has to be with you, not them. Not them, yeah. They are interviewing for your property. And let's not forget, it is the biggest and the most important investment in most people's lives. Yeah. You can't chance it to someone that you have questionable doubt about to get you the highest and best result the market has to offer. Mm. They have to fit. Um, they have to have a good reputation behind them. They have to have mm. 
good stats behind them. They have to have all of those things. And again, you need to make sure that you can work with them Mm. under your systems and your guidelines, not their systems and their guidelines. Yeah. It's a big thing because most of them are very structured in the way that they do things. But, yeah. Yes, and and that's that's the art of it and that's the good sport of it that, yes, they'll sit down and they'll, they'll do the sometimes we were doing the same appointments six or eight times in a day. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you would come across a completely different person yeah. that treated you with utter contempt, for example, or mm-hmm. disdain um, because you were in his house because he had to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, again, <laughs> that was the sport of it. But yeah. you go... Um, I've got to be a different person here. I just can't be the smooth, slick yeah. uh, real estate agent. that uh, Scripts and dialogues is... person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I'm on my A game. And, it, and sometimes those appointments were at 8 o'clock at night after the children were in bed. Yeah. And they were the interesting characters. They were the ones that were in complete control of, um, of the interview process. Mm-hmm. And you were, the spotlight was on you. It was almost like an interrogation more than an interview. Yeah. Um, they're the ones when you won them, you would treat very differently. Yes. You would treat very, very differently. Definitely. You're at the head of the table. You've got your two agents either side of you. You've got a director and you've got, you know, little Joe Smith who's, you know, been around for a couple of years. Sure. You've decided that you'll choose that agent based on the fact that the director's quite, you know, knows what he's doing. He's doing the right thing. Yep. However, Joe Smith gets to do all the legwork. How do you stop that happening? Yeah, it's, it happens over and over again because what happens is that um, the sales manager or the director will come out to the property depending on the size of the property. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be a senior consultant that comes out and sees you. That, uh, so the, the different internal models are that um, the sales manager might have, yes, the younger, less experienced person. Um, I think it needs to be clearly asked and defined Couple of questions. Who's going to be doing my open for inspection? Mm-hmm. Um, a really good uh, insight for you is if you're choosing, if you have someone sitting beside you that is a key auctioneer for the business, mm-hmm. a good question is how many auctions before we lead into anything else? How many auctions do you do on a Saturday? Oh, I usually do between you know four and six. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, how are you going to do my open for inspection? Mm. Oh, well, um, um, uh, well I've got Joseph good. with me. Uh, I, don't, I don't, with all the respect in the room, Joseph, um, you can go and cut your teeth on someone else's house. This is my most valuable asset, yeah. and we need to have a different, um, you know, if you, if you were talking about a senior consultant coming in and doing them, that's fine. Um, and this is again making it an interrogation rather than an interview, let's, mm. let's go down that path, that you need to work out because I don't want even Joseph qualifying my, the buyers for my property. Yeah. Like I want someone with 20 or 30 years' experience talking to people because I've had young guys in the office and listening to their phone calls and their qualification things, and I will pick up on their conversation without hearing what's on the other side, mm. and they'll hang up the phone and go, and I'll say to them, give me that name and number back, there was something that you missed that I picked up. Yeah. 
but give let me know. So experience counts for everything. Um, on the other side of things, you can't teach enthusiasm. No. So if Joseph is a very enthusiastic, very you know sponge of a kid that wants to learn. I don't mind that Joseph's here. Yeah. I don't mind that Joseph comes and puts out the boards and the flags. I don't mind all of that sort of stuff because we all have to start somewhere. Yeah. But I'll be damned if my house is going to be the one that everything learns from. Yeah. So I think it really needs to be, um, and, and you're well within your right to turn around if you have an element of doubt. There's an argument there to say if you've got an element of doubt, don't choose them. Mm-hmm. But if you have an element of doubt, I would be um, suggesting that you'll be sitting down the road during the open for inspections. And I know of the lady that did this. Yeah. Sat down the road so the agent could see them, walked out of the house, hi, have a great inspection. I'll be across the road in the car every single inspection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there there are stories in the past that no one's come through and people have put, oh, two groups through one interested and people have been down the road or in yeah. the neighbour's house and turn around and go on, we need to have a chat because I saw that no one came through. Yeah. And you've written on my inspection pad here that two have come through. Now, if you're lying to me about this, what else are you lying to me about? Yeah. So again, <clears throat> you're in control. Yeah. The agent has got the expertise and that's what mm. you're hiring. God love Joseph, no problem at all. Yeah. Learn, come and learn as much as you can, but don't have anything to do with the solar model. Yeah. So you'll find the more experienced agents now would have like a PA or a couple of PAs. One PA will be in charge of, okay, well, I'm going to do all the little things, like as you said, put the boards and the flags out, you know, organise the photos and the floor plans and stuff like that. Doing all those, like, I suppose, little things around the edges and sure. then the actual agent that you've employed um, he's doing the the buyer qualifying. Um, he's doing all the buyer interactions and all lots of stuff more so mm. than the PA. Like the PA may be doing uh, well, a bit more cold calling sort of stuff, but not. Yeah, look, um, some, sometimes uh, the structure is that as a senior senior agent in the office. I have an admin PA, yeah. I have a buyer PA, and I have a selling PA. Yeah. And that's essentially the, the, the strings to the bar. Yeah. Um, the only way to be sure after this conversation is actually held is to, again, mystery shop your open for inspections. And I know a lot of agents, if you're, if you're listening, will not be a fan of me saying that, but you know what? I'm here to, to give people the right advice. Yeah. Not having your neighbours come through, but having friends come through, having friends call. Um, you know, if they call the office with an inquiry for the property and they get put through to Joseph rather than David, the, the senior person, mm. we're making up names, um, uh, then it will give you an insight. And it's something that we don't just hand over keys and come back in four weeks and hope that all the work has been done. The Again, the most important asset in your life, and I've said to a lot of people over a lot of years, once you sign the contract of sale, you don't get an opportunity the next day to come back and change anything. Mm. Any vendor, when it comes time to sign that contract of sale, wants to know that everything has been done in the agent's power to maximise the potential of their property. Yeah. Whether they're selling above expectation or below expectation. They've done. Right. But everything's been done. This yeah. is the best price. As long as the agent can turn around to you and say, Sue, 
this is the best price I have for you today, given what, what we've just gone through the last four weeks, all the things that I've spoken to you about. And I can tell you from personal experience, like I bought my a house for like 7.30, had to sell it because of divorce reasons. Um, two and a bit years later, the market did a nosedive. Um, yeah. Had an ex-husband who was saying, oh, the house is worth 900. I'm like, I'm lucky if I'll get 700 for it. Anyway, took it to auction, sold it for six seventy five, so made a bit of a loss on it. Yeah. However, on that particular day, there was three three bedroom units up for auction. One got six twenty five, one got six fifty, one got six seventy five. That was mine. I got the best for a three bedroom unit go. in that suburb on that day. Yep, yeah. and it's re- it's a really important point that you've, you've raised that we've missed that. Um, I liken it to buying a car you've never driven before. All of a sudden, you're in a new, you've bought a Renault, for example, you've never ever had one before, and all of a sudden, all the Renaults on the road become apparent to you. Mm. It's really your responsibility, as much as it's a purchaser's responsibility for being educated enough to spend their own money yeah. when it comes time to buy the property, no matter, regardless of what the agent. I, I used to love the purchasers that would come through and, and say, We're really interested, can you keep us in the loop? Got any other questions? No, we know our prices. Mm. Wow. Yeah, great. Awesome. Fantastic. Um, that leads to different questions. But when your property goes on the market, everyone needs to understand that the agent isn't in control of your competition or other properties that come on the market at the same time as yours. Yeah. If you're yeah. lucky in your area, you'll be the only four-bedroom, two-bathroom, double-story with a swimming pool that everyone wants a swimming pool or, the, or the, what, you know what I'm yeah. trying to say. You'll, you'll be the only one of your kind on the market. Mm. If, in, in, and it comes back to the argument, is spring the best time to sell? Spring's certainly the busiest time mm. to sell. Certainly the busiest time to sell. And if you want to reduce your competition, you would sell in, I think, around Easter rather than in, in yeah. spring. Um, but um, once you put your property on the market, go to other open fringe businesses. Yeah. Properties like yours, ask the questions. Where do you think it is? Yeah. Write them down. Write everything down so that you've got a record. I used to say, again, say to people, when you go through, you get a brochure, write on the brochure what the price range yeah. is. If they go to auction before yours, please be at the auction. Yeah. So see what's going on. Yeah. And you understand where the values are and exactly what you said. Um, that you might be looking at taking less than what what you wanted, yeah. um, hopefully not less than what you need. Yeah. <laughs> right? Very different. Um, <laughs> very different, completely different, completely different. And, and the difference might be that, uh, as I ask a lot of people even today, what does the sale of this property allow you to do? Yeah. Um, it allows us to downsize. I'm going to have some money and top up the super and go for a trip around the world. Great. Well, you might be going for for six months rather than 12 months Yeah, around the world. Yeah. So again, it's up to you to not just hand over the keys and hope that everything's going well and, and be spring-fed everything from the, from the, from the agents. Yeah. It's really important for you to get out and do your own legwork and you'll probably be, believe it or not, shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with the buyers for your property at different times in different houses. Yeah. But you can listen to what... Listen to what the other purchasers are saying. Listen yeah. to what the other agents that you didn't choose are saying. Yeah. Um, and really keep your finger on the pulse because there's nothing worse than just taking, not being educated and not 
And then, then what happens is that people don't believe what your agent is telling you. Mm. Yeah. If you go out and you know what the competition is, you can have that informed, uh, you know, again, Joseph, did you see uh, that on Saturday, uh, 11 Margaret Street sold for da 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 Now, that was, uh, that sold for more or, or, or those sort of things. Oh, you'll, you'll find that Joseph generally go, yeah, look, it sold for more, but it had this. No, no, Joseph. Yeah. I went through the property. Yeah. I was at the auction. I can tell you it's directly comparable to mine. So if you didn't, yeah. because you're responsible of you, because you should be going through your opposition's open for inspection yeah. to see what your competition is in the same vein and regard, mm. um, then you can have that, again, informed, intelligent conversation about where the value of your property lies. Yes, definitely. Mm. Mm. We will have a short break and come back with more of Agent X. You're listening to Real Estate Right, and we're on with Agent X, talking about choosing the right agent. So do you think we should ever choose an agent that doesn't represent our suburb? I think it's, so the argument if I was an out-of-area agent is that I'll be living the landscape today, that everything goes online, and whether you live in China or the United States, um, you're going to have an opportunity to see the place. Yeah. My answer to that is I would only use an in-area agent and that's the advice I would give people and that's the advice I have given people. And the reason being is that you're going to miss local local knowledge mm. that the local school has a perimeter here. Uh, the local kindergartens are around here. A little bit of that local local knowledge. The other thing is that you're going to miss the potential for walk-in inquiry. Someone's not going to walk into an Oakley agent to look for a house in Essendon, for example. Yeah. They're mm. just not going to do it. No. Not, not going to happen, not going to do it. No. Um, it becomes, you'll find that in the run of open for inspections with a busy agent, and that's hopefully one that you're choosing who's got six or eight opens to do on a Saturday, Yours will be given a less than adequate time because there's more travel time associated with it. Yeah. So it'll either be the first one at nine o'clock, no, 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 um, or it'll be at three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon uh, because it's at the end of my day and I've got to travel a half an hour or, you know, agents to understand what I'm saying usually leave about 15 minutes in between each open for inspection. Mm. So they've got to uh, pack up, get out of their drive, Pick up the boards on the corner. Pick up the boards on the corner, have a drink in the car, maybe have a sandwich, make a phone call or two, get to yours, do everything in reverse, set yours up, get the front door open, turn on the heating, turn on the lights, do all this, do that and do the other in 15 minutes. So, or, or sometimes a half an hour, even a half an hour is not a lot of time to get that done. So, no, I, I, I would certainly suggest against that unless, um, unless you, uh, you know, I was going to say, unless you know someone or you have a family member or someone that you can trust more implicitly than others, but I still don't tra- think that changes that scenario. No. Um, but you should never mix family and business anyway. No way in the world. I've, no. I've lost a lot of friends yeah. in, in having sold their houses, sold their houses and never heard from them before. And I, what I thought were good prices and those sort of things has come back to me from other people saying that they were really upset that this happened or really upset that that happened. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely, you can't 
have the hard chat, mm. difficult chat with a friend or family member about your house, yeah. um, you just can't do it. So um, the proverbial foot up the arse can't, can't happen. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, if you're employing someone to do a job for you, you can bring them into and go to the office. You can escalate it to their manager. You can escalate it to the principal. You can escalate it to the RIB. If you got to the stage with someone that you know, having to do that to them, then relationships will be ruined forever. Yeah. It's not worth it. No, not worth it at all. So now we talked about how you can take it to the boss or the REIV and obviously even further. So what does happen uh, if an agent legally misrepresents you when you're you know, selling your home? Um, well, the worst case scenario is that an agent could lose their licence. Mm. I think that there are, there are a lot of... Um, and I think we're through the worst of it with misrepresentation. I would hope that these days we are away from underquoting to purchases and overquoting to vendors. Uh, mm. But really, at the end of the day, your avenues are that you can escalate it to the RIV. Honestly, they're not going to do much. It'll be a wrap over the knuckles, and they're not even in control of the licensing. Uh, that's that's really done at a, at a third party level or a government level. Um, yeah. So you have VCAT as as an alternative that you can escalate things to them. Most residential agents, I think, if you found that the worst of the worst was done to you, let's just say that an agent um, took money in a brown paper bag for getting uh, the purchaser uh, a house at a lower price, for example. Mm. Worst case scenario. It, and it used to happen. It used to happen. Yeah. Um, I think that these days with the ACCC uh, in relation to things and certainly VCAT and certainly the threat of um, media exposure, whether it's social media or going directly to um, Today Tonight or those sort of places, yeah. Uh, and if any real estate agent has ever had Today Tonight and a film crew outside their office, they would certainly agree with me that it is a very, very um, undesirable position to be in. Mm. A very undesirable Today position. Tonight isn't actually around anymore, is it? Uh, no, what's the It's a current well, affair. Current affair, thank you. <laughs> yes. Well, any of those guys, any yeah. press is bad, you know, um, any bad press, and you've got to think also that we live in the Google review world now. Mm. So there is a website called Sliding Doors. You can get on and people can write things anonymously about people and companies. Yeah. Uh, we also have Google reviews. We have Facebook reviews that you can't take off. Yeah. You can't take off. And they count your image forever. Mm. And when we talk about the Josephs of the world, the young guys that are trying to build their image and get, get to the, the front of the line, mm. um, they need to be doing everything possible to make sure that they're building their, their own brand mm. rather than destroying it. And the ones that destroy it, simply enough, will they'll be the guys that work for 10 different agencies in five different years. Mm. Right, well, that's, different you know, that's one thing to think about too is how many agents have you worked for in the last... And, and Google it, you'll see. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, then, again, it's an interview process or an interrogation process. Mm. Ring his ex-employer. Why, why was he, why was he uh, sacked? Why did he leave? Why did he separate? Yeah. Why, because he was coming, coming in late every day? Well, I don't want the guy that's going to be late to my own. Yeah. 
Mm. I'm the guy that's there five minutes early, ready to go, yeah. as you should be, standing on the front doorstep uh, or with the door shut that used to happen on a lot of occasions that you'd have a queue of people from the front door out the gate waiting to come in, giving names and numbers and all that sort of thing. So, again, you've got a lot of different avenues to you and, of course, solicitors. Mm. The wrong thing is done by you. Um, Can I just put in here, when you sign an authority, you actually give an authority period. Yes. Okay. It's not forever. It's not forever, (laughs) but it's probably longer than what it needs to be. Mm. Right? So if you don't put anything there, it defaults to a certain amount of time. What I would suggest to people is this. When you employ an agent, 14 days after, after the auction, yeah. and 14 days continual authority, which is something you'll see in the authorities, or used to be in the, at least part of, but it's still there today, um, I think it's plenty of time. If you haven't done your job, if you think 14 days after the auction, you've had it for two weeks before it goes to market, you've had it four weeks on market, yeah. you've had it two weeks after that, that's two months. Yeah. Eight weeks or two months. In the Melbourne market, that's pretty, a pretty it's a good time. That's a good time. Yep, yep, yep. If you haven't done your job by then, I'm free to give it to someone. Yeah. What's what's the default period? Is it like a month? Look, you have to check that yeah. to, uh, in today's realm. I, look, it used to be 30 days and 30 days, yeah. 60 days after, uh, or 28 days. Um, and that's a hell of a long time. People would say, oh, you haven't sold my property, I want to give it to someone else. Well, hmm. it puts you in a position that if you sell it through someone else, you owe them and ask the commission. Do you or not? Yeah, yeah. If it's within the authority period. Oh, within the authority period, yes. But, yes, yeah. yes. Or, or even the continuing authority authority period, which a lot of people don't pick up on when they sign. That Then that's why I'm saying 14 days. That 14 days after the auction um, or your private sale authority, they'll always try and get 60 days. Yeah. I, I don't think that's a bad thing, 60 days to do your job, yeah. but not a continuing 60 days. No. Yeah. you got 60 days full stop, then we'll have a chat. Yeah. And if you're close, you're close, or, or if you're not close, then uh, we'll start interviewing the guy that I should have hired. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in retrospect, how unlucky would it be? be to have an agent that does the wrong thing by you most are pretty good aren't they oh look i I think most agents today i I certainly think that if you're doing the wrong thing uh there was an article recently in the herald sun uh about different agents doing questionable things Mm. and that's really what we're talking about if you're silly enough to think that you're going to get away with it in today's environment landscape then you're going to get caught and you're going to fight, have to find a different career. Yeah. That's as simple as that. I, I don't think any principals today will tolerate putting their business that they've worked very, very hard to create mm-hmm. at jeopardy or in harm's way for someone that is going to really lie and deceive. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's as plain and simple as that. The, the guys that are the slick salesmen that will say whatever they need to say to get the deal done, lie and again to say, I think the days of those guys, they've been weeded out generally. Mm. And, and you know, I, I used to know of a lot of them that they're just not anywhere near the industry or they've put themselves in a position that they've had to go from one area mm. and start up literally on the other side of Melbourne. And again, 
they do that, they reinvent themselves, they fall back into bad habits and they're separated yes. from those jobs. Too. I think we, so, we both know a few of those. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Know where they are now. You wonder where they are now. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, also I think part of that interview process is also find out how much training they have because it just shows that the company is invested in looking after their their staff and keeping their staff on track yeah. in terms of what needs to be done. 100%. Look, we used to have scripts and dialogues training uh, once a week in the morning. Uh, another place I was yeah. at, um, you know, I used to say to the staff, I'll sit in the, in the boardroom or the, the, the glass house or whatever the room was downstairs at lunchtime. And if you, mainly for the young guys, if you've got anything that you want to go over, I'll be having my sandwich down there and they would pop in. So, yeah. um, look, continuous progression, continuous training is very, very critical. It's probably a good question to ask throughout your inter- your interrogation, as we've now sort of morphed to be able to call it. Yeah. Um, do to keep up with things. You know, in, in years gone by, we would get the Saturday supplement to the age on a Friday. Yeah. Um, and come home and, again, when we were working seven days a week, you'd have a half day off once a week. Um, but you'd be reading the paper and seeing what the competition is, what the competition's doing, the local paper, what's going on there. Uh, when o- online actually started and kicked off, we'd be trawling through that. And, you know, I started before computers were on desk. Yes. You know, I, I was given a, a set of blue cards and a set of white cards and a telephone the day I started. And I said, <laughs> what are the blue cards for? He goes, these are for your potential vendors. What are the white cards for? Uh, they're in price order and they're your purchases. Thank you so much, Agent X. I believe you have given our listeners a clearer understanding of what they should be looking for when it comes to choosing an agent to sell their home. It is rather a daunting process selecting the right person to help you with the most prized possession. Uh, And I'm sure it's clearer to know what warning bells there are before we start blaring them. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed your time here on Real Estate Right. Thanks again. Thank you. It's been a blast. Great. Uh, Next week, we have James Green, the Director of Distribution at Australian Mortgage and Duncan Tonkin from Villa Finance Group to talk to us about understanding the mortgage industry after the Banking Royal Commission and about new products that can make getting a mortgage easier and faster. Real Estate Right is a real copyright production hosted, written and produced by me, Sue Langener. I would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast premium beat for our theme music and zoom for our video link if you would like to ask one of our experts a question on this podcast email your questions to sue at realestateright.com.au don't forget to subscribe download all your favorite podcasts thanks again for listening to real estate right